Let's go ahead and jump into the word of God. Um, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 8, but before we read, let's just park for a second. A few weeks ago, pastor began a series on, on miracles. How many of you here a few weeks ago? Wasn't that powerful? And it, he began the series, but here's how he began it. Specifically, he began with starting on the subject of how deeper worship, come on, say with me, deeper worship creates atmospheres for miracles. Amen. He pointed out that miracles often happen during God encounters. How many of you have experienced that and know that to be true? And you know, there's just been a real special, there was just such a special presence. There's really been a special presence uh, the last couple of weeks, but especially on that message, there, there was some, uh, there was some heat on that message. If you got one, if you catch my drift and you know, in this series, we're going to talk about different elements and different components about what brings about miracles. We're going to talk about faith. We may even talk about praying and fasting and the role that all that plays in miracles. But as I prayed and I, I prepared for today, I really felt led to stay in the vein that he began on. I, I want to kind of piggyback off. Amen. I want to piggyback off what he started a couple of weeks ago. I, I want to be talking to you uh, today about worship. But I'm going to speak from the subject, making room. Someone say making room. When we sang that song two weeks ago, something just hit me. This story came alive and we're going to read it in just a second. But the last two weeks have been extremely powerful. How many of you have been here the last two weekends? You know, even at the end of the service, there's just been a special anointing, right? How many of you have felt it? There's just been a presence here. I know that the last two weeks, I haven't wanted to leave the room. The last week, I don't think I left here until like, I got, walked out of the sanctuary until about 1.15. There's just been a pull and a tug of the spirit. And I don't know about you, but like even last week, God did something for me last week. I, I, I tangibly got up from that seat when I finally left last week, something shifted in my life. I felt it. I felt it all this week. I was different several times this week. I told, I even told some people in my life, I was like, Hey, something's different. I can't quite put my finger on it. I'm still processing it. But the last two weeks that we have spent together in the presence of God, it's been like an incubator. I'm telling you, God shifted something in me. I, I don't know what, what he's doing in you. I have a hunch that he's doing something in you too. All I'm going to say is get ready. Amen. Get ready because I sense in my spirit, and I know pastor does too, because we've had these conversations. There's a special pull right now to lean into this word. Amen. And so I want to, uh, I want to piggyback and, and basically start where he left off that Sunday, which reminds me, go ahead and put it on your calendars. You heard me mention it in the announcements, October 27th, everyone say October 27th. We're going to have a corporate night of worship. We're just really feeling led uh, to do that. Amen. Amen. But pastor told us, and I, I'm going to, before I read my theme text, I just want to hit a couple of things that he mentioned, and then we're going to read the text. But he said, he, he said that in his experience in ministry, he has seen more breakthrough and more miracles released in a place of deeper worship and I have seen that to be true, and I've experienced that in my life, but it's important for us to understand that we also see this in Scripture, okay? So I'm just going to mention these real quick, but turn to your neighbor and say, deeper worship often leads to miracles. 
In the Old Testament, we saw that as long as Moses kept his hands lifted, they won the battle. Someone say amen. In the Gospels, when the leper came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, it says that he came and he worshipped Jesus. And he said, if you can make me clean. And we know that Jesus did. In Matthew 9, Jairus came and worshipped the Lord. And then he, he said, Jesus, can you come raise my daughter? And of course, Jesus did. In Matthew chapter 15, you have this Syrophoenician woman who came and worshipped. Someone say worshipped Jesus. In Mark chapter 5, we have the de- demoniac at Gadara. It says that when he saw Christ, he came and worshiped. Even being demon possessed because demons have to bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. When God's presence is, especially when God's presence manifests himself, demons, they either got to bow or they got to go, right? That's just, that's just the bottom line. My favorite was the story of Paul and Silas when, they're, when they had been beaten and arrested for preaching the gospel. The Bible says they were thrown into the, in the cellar. They were thrown into prison. But at midnight, they began to sing praise and worship unto God. And you know something? I just want to say something. I don't want to start preaching too soon. I need to read my text. But let me say something about that story. My favorite part about that story is that when they began to worship, the whole prison got free. See, what I love about that story, it's not just that Paul and Silas got a breakthrough, but people got a breakthrough just by being in their proximity. People got a breakthrough just by being around them. That's why you can never underestimate what happens during worship, because God will use your worship to bless somebody else. God will use your worship to open a door for somebody else. Amen. It says that the whole prison was shaken and they were all set free. And when the, when the jailer, he got so scared that the prisoners were going to go and he was going to get in trouble. He was going to commit suicide. And Paul said, no, it's okay, bro. We're going to stay right here. Everybody got saved that day. So I know it looks crazy and I don't care what the environment is around you. Worship can shift things in your life. Amen. Not just your life either. But we see throughout scripture, there are extraordinary miracles that take place When worship proceeds, when worship goes before the moment, it creates an atmosphere. How many of you believe that? Say amen. Amen. And here's what I've learned about encounters. There are encounters that God sovereignly and divinely orchestrates that you don't have nothing to do about. What I mean by that is think about Moses. When Moses is wandering in the wilderness and he encounters the burning bush. How many of you know that story? We don't have any indication that Moses was looking for that encounter. Moses was just doing what he was doing every day. But God showed up in his sovereignty and interrupted Moses' life. When Paul had letters from the chief priest to go and arrest more Christians, he's on his way. He's on the road to Damascus. Is that what the Bible says? And it says that the Lord literally showed up and knocked him off his donkey on his backside. And he had an encounter for the Lord. How many know Paul was not praying and fasting for that encounter? Because there are some encounters you can't seek for. You can't pray for them and you can't fast for them. God just decides, right? And that is a truth. And, and, and here, let me tell you what I believe. I believe no one goes through this life without a divine moment. Now, what you do with that divine moment 
And some of us are blessed to have many encounters or dramatic encounters like that. I don't think anyone goes through this life without God stopping them and doing something supernatural in his sovereignty to get their attention. Now, how they respond is up to them. But here's what I also know about encounters. Yes, God will sovereignly move, but then there are times God will respond to our action or our pursuit and encounters will be brought about based upon what we do. There are encounters that we participate with. Amen. Although I believe that's always the grace of God because the invitation is always there. But God sometimes will wait for a response. He says, seek me and you'll find me. Call unto me and I will show you great things which you know not of. He says, knock and the door will be opened. Are you with me today? There are some encounters that we participate with. And I, I, would, I would go to venture that most of the encounters in our life are going to be brought about. Maybe God is drawing us, but he's waiting for you to take a step. He's waiting for you to seek him. He's waiting for you, let me say it like this, to make room for him. And I, I want to read today. My theme text is from second Kings chapter four. I was sitting here a few weeks ago when pastor was preaching about deeper worship. I, I just, we were singing that song. I will make room for you. Someone say, make room for you. We were singing this song and all of a sudden this familiar passage of scripture just hits my heart. I have heard dozens of sermons from this passage, if not more, I've probably preached a handful from this passage, if not more, but it just took on a fresh meaning. I want to read this story and I want us to glean something from it. Are you with me this morning? Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. This is the story of the, of the Shunammite woman. The Shulamite is the one that Solomon writes about, right? In the song of Solomon. But this is the Shunammite woman. She lives in the village of Shunam. And this is what it says. Now it happened one day, Elisha was passing through Shunam where there was a notable, someone say notable, a notable woman. Now scholars debate on what notable means. Some say this means this was a woman of wealth, a woman of substance. Others say what this speaks of is that this woman had a lot of wisdom. She was held in high regard. Quite honestly, it was probably both. Whoever this woman was, she was uh, recognized and she was notable in this village. Amen. She was a, a very, as the Bible says, notable woman. And it says this, and she persuaded him, Elisha, to come and eat. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now. I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Someone say regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there, a table, a chair, and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. She's telling him basically, hey, instead of putting him up at the Holiday Inn Express or the Hampton Inn or the Hilton Let's build him a room. Someone say a room. By the way, good things happen in upper rooms. And it happened one day that when he came there, he turned into the upper room and he laid down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, 
Call the Shunammite woman. When he called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned with us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. What then is to be done for her? And listen to what Gehazi said. Actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, we know this. How many of you have heard a sermon on this verse right here so many times? He said this, about this time, next year, you shall embrace a son. And he said, and she said, no, my Lord, do not lie to your maidservant. In her, in her response, interesting, she didn't believe him. I, I, let, me, let me start by pointing out this today. She didn't even have faith for this miracle. I, I, let me not get caught up. She said, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Father, we just ask in these next few moments, God, anoint your words. Speak through me this morning. God, we just pray that you would just, Father God, cause this word to make us come alive. Speak to our hearts. Cause transformation to take place because of your word. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you might be thinking, okay, what does this have to do with deeper worship? What does this have to do? What is the connection here between deeper worship and miracles? I would suggest to you that there are some things that we can extract from this that are very, very important. And first, I want to point this out, is that the story begins, right? If you'll remember in this chapter, right above this story, God, uh, through Elisha, does the miracle for the widow and the oil. How many of you remember that story? Then it gets to the Shunammite woman, and Elisha is passing through. And here's what's important for us to note. When Elisha is coming through this village... This, if you're a dispensationalist, right, this is obviously the old covenant. Even if you're not a dispensationalist, this is before the new covenant, right? And so God in the old covenant raises up judges and prophets and kings, right? And he raises them up. He speaks through them. He, th- these figures are type of mediators. They, they, they speak on behalf of God. They, they, they do things on behalf of God that God is doing in the entire nation of Israel. So here's what's important to understand. That when Elisha is coming through the town, and this is what I, re- I, I, I really have a lot of respect for this woman. Because she obviously recognizes the office that Elisha carries. But I want to point out something. It's not just about Elisha. And that's why, I th- that's why I say we have a lot to learn from this. Because when Elisha comes through, it's not just him coming through. He represents what the Spirit of God is doing in the hour. Because in the Old Covenant, he said, I do nothing unless I first reveal it to my prophets. So when a prophet like Elisha comes through, it's not just a man. He represents the activity of God in what God is doing in the moment. In other words, you could say this, the spirit of God was with Elijah and Elisha. And it's not just Elisha coming through the spirit of the Lord is with him. 
And this woman, I believe, had the insight and the foresight to recognize what he carried. Which, this is just a side note. This is just so interesting to me. Shunem is in the land that belonged to the tribe of Issachar. And Issachar's anointed was, they, they were able to discern times and seasons and know what to do. I just think it's so interesting that she belonged to the, the tribe of Issachar. I think she had a knack for knowing when a moment was there. And she understood something. That when Elisha was coming through, this man represented the move of God. Are you tracking with me this morning? And the first thing I want to point out in this story that, that, that she had, that she displays so well is honor. Say with me, say honor. Come on, say it like you had some breakfast this morning. What the word honor basically means, in, in, especially in the Hebrew, it really means to attribute or attach weight to something. It means to to. To honor something is to understand the weightiness and to, to honor what someone is carrying or who someone is. That's why the Bible says, honor your mother and father so that your life may be long on the earth. Amen? Doesn't say, <laughs> doesn't, a lot of us don't like that commandment, right? Because it doesn't say you got to agree with mom and dad. It doesn't say you even got to like mom and dad. It says honor your mother and father. Why? Because the office of a parent is a weighty thing. They are custodians and they are stewarding and nurturing the destiny of a child. And God says you need to honor that office. Anytime honor is given, what you're doing is you're ascribing worth and weight to something. Amen. And, and when we honor something, well, one of the things we also do is we are prioritizing what is valuable and worth honoring. Amen. And what I love about this woman is she displays such honor. And here's what I like. It even says, I don't know how many times Elisha must have come through this village, but it says that he came through, through here regularly. Come on, say regularly. But here's what I appreciate about her. Even though he came by quite often, her honor never diminished. Can I, can I, can I start to preach right now? This is about the time I want to start preaching. Can I start? Okay. In other words, she, she was familiar with him because he's come by for meals before. They knew Elisha. And by this point, I would go to venture that he was even a friend. But she did not let the sin, I call it the sin of familiarity. Sometimes we can get so familiar with something that we stop honoring it. But the Bible says that he came by regularly. But every time he came by, she said, will you come to our house? Will you come to our table? Even though she was familiar and knew Elisha, she she didn't stop honoring him. Can I say something about the presence of God? I believe the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, should be a common experience for the life of a believer in a church. But I believe the presence of God should never be treated as a common thing. Did you catch what I said? It should be common. It should be customary. It should be normal to encounter the divine and manifest presence of God, both in your personal devotional life and in a corporate setting like this. It should be commonplace, but we have to be careful to never treat 
the presence as a common thing. See, I, 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 I want to say something, and today it may, it may sound like I'm trying to pick on the church in America. I'm not. I love the church in America because I is the church in America. But my concern with America and the church in America is we have become too familiar and have treated the presence of God like it's too common. And whenever you treat the presence of God like it's common, guess what? You will always receive common things. You will always have common results. Pastor said it so a few weeks ago, and I think he hit it right on the money. And so if you don't like it, send the email to him. He said, miracles are uncommon in a lot of places because, our, because if we were honest, our worship can oftentimes be shallow. And I believe we're in a time, we're in a season where I believe God wants to shake the church and wake the church in America up. And I believe God wants to uh, call us out of just the uh, shallow worship, out of the routine of worship. Because here's what we need to understand. We're not just singing words on a screen. That's called karaoke. We're not just singing to the ceiling. That's called a concert. We're singing to a person. Did you hear me? We're singing to a person. That's what makes it worship. Oh, y'all are stirring me up. Can I go further? Okay, it's about a person. Someone say a person. Which leads me to this. That's why when we come in this place, we got to be careful not to put our preferences and our likes and our, our what we th- think ahead of what is taking place. In other words, this, when we come into here, we don't need to fold our arms and say, why are they singing that song today? Why is she leading today? Why is he leading today? Man, I wish they would sing this today. Listen, it's not about you. This isn't Burger King. You're not going to always have it your way. We didn't come here for you. No disrespect. We love you. Amen. We care for you. We want you to have a good time. But ultimately, it's not about you. So it don't matter if we're singing this or singing that. Can you lay down your preferences? Can you lay down your taste? Can you lay down what you want? And can you worship the king? Because we're singing to a person. And by the way, we should never separate the presence from the person. Because the presence of God is the presence of God. In the Hebrew, they don't have a word for presence uh, apart from the person. Whenever they talk about the presence, it's called penel. It means the face of God. Or the kabod. It means the weightiness of the glory of God. You have to understand that when the manifest presence of God shows up, it's a person who's present. Oh, come on. Can I go a little bit deeper this morning? Like our friend, Pastor Yimmy out of Ferrison says, can I go a little bit deeper? And let me say this, the church should not be ashamed of the presence of God. Listen, 
If you're like me, I love going to a Houston Texans game. I love going to a Houston Astros game. And if we were honest, one of the things that we love about it, we love the emotion. We love the roar of the crowd, right? We like that guy who takes it way too serious, who has the hat, the, the bot, he's got his whole body painted, right? We would never do it, but you appreciate him. You know what I'm talking about? Like we love the fanatics, the ones who are screaming and it's the environment. Right. Even if you're even if you're like a calm person and you would never like be able to talk, you like being in that environment because it makes the experience or maybe you're that person. Maybe you're the fan that we see. Right. in the full get up. It's awesome. Right. That's what makes it. When you go to an Astros game, no one wants to go to an Astros game and, the, and, and, and all the fans are on their phone. No, you want to go to an Astros game where when Jose Altuve steps to the plate, everybody goes, yeah. And, and people are making some noise. We love that. Have you ever noticed at a Houston Texans game, they never come to you and say, hey, mister, would you, we, we, we're so glad you're excited, but would you, would you tone it down? Because we may have a guest here who's never been to a Texans game and you may rub them the wrong way. I've never been to a Stroh's game and a fan's going crazy and they say, hey, hey, would you tone it down? You're, you're, you're getting a little too excited for the Astros. We may have a, a, a fan and this is their first baseball game. No, you know why? But for some reason, it's in the, the church, sometimes we do that. We're the only people that want to say, hey, calm down. Can you tame it? Listen. No, 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 no. If you can go crazy at the Texans game, if you can go crazy at the Astros game, why would we not go crazy and fill this place? Come on. Because, because we have to keep the main thing, the main thing, and we have to honor the presence of God. And that's my fear for America. If I were to be honest, my fear for America is that in many places, obviously I'm not talking about here, but I'm talking about the church in general. Many times my fear is that we have gotten good at doing church without God. We have tried to do in our talents, our abilities, our, our gifts, and even our anointings. We have tried to do it in that strength, in our own strength, when it was only the spirit of God. There are things that only God's presence can do. There are things that only God presence can fix. Come on, someone, you know what I'm talking about. Say amen. And please listen, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we should come in here and, and, and draw attention to ourselves or distract other people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we should be foolish. I'm saying we should be passionate. I'm saying that when we come here, worship should not be treated as common. We need to lift our voice. We need to raise our hand. We need to get lost in the presence of God and we need to fill this place. You know why? Because he's worth it. Because he's worthy. Because he's that valuable. See, because sometimes, you know, in America, there was this thing called, there was this thing called the seeker sensitive movement. And I believe they meant well, what they did is they built churches on what are people looking for. And I'm not saying that's all bad because you can glean insight. You want to make people feel comfortable. You want to, you want to be the best you can be. Right. And I think that's good, but they took it too far because while they were worrying about what seeker 
was wanted or what other people wanted. They Sometimes we have forgot to ask the question, what does the Lord want? Because in John chapter 4 verse 23, it says this, the Father seeks worshipers. So there's another seeker we ought to check in with. And, 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 and I, you know, I listen, I think it's valuable to say, Hey, how'd you like service? We do that all the time. How do you think today went? Today was awesome. All that, that's great. But every once in a while we need to check in and say, Hey Lord, were you pleased with what happened today? Were you pleased with what's taking place here? Were you pleased with the worship in this place? There's another seeker and his name is the father and he's seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit. And in truth. Come on, somebody say with me, say honor. honor. The other thing, before I, last point before I move on, the other thing about honor, and here's what's so amazing about honor whatever you honor will increase in your life. That goes across the board, but it also applies to the presence of God. Whenever you honor His presence, you watch, it will increase. Oh, I could preach just on that point right there. Whatever you honor will increase. That's why God, you know that God will hide your breakthrough behind honoring, honoring somebody. And the challenge is we miss breakthroughs all the time because we get hung up on who people aren't. And God said, I've called you to honor who they are. I've called you to honor that leader. I've called you to honor that parent. I've called you to honor your boss. I've called you to honor those in your life. Did you know that honor holds the keys to breakthrough in our life? Oh, I'm going to leave that one alone. I can, that. So she honored Elisha. But here's the other thing I love about this story. Her hospitality. Did you know, and I believe this firmly, this may sound strange. You're like, what does hospitality have to do with deeper worship or miracles? Do you know, I actually think hospitality has a lot to do with seeing the supernatural. Here's what I mean. What she did well was she hosted him. Are you with me? How many of you love hosting people at your house? Right? Man, I'll tell you what. No, there's nothing worse than going to someone's house and them making you feel uncomfortable. But also on the flip side, there's nothing like a good host. You know what I'm talking about? My wife is really good at this when we host people. Or maybe you're that person when you host people. Before people ever get there, you're thinking, oh, so-and-so likes these. I'm going to have these. Or so-and-so likes diet soda. Or so-and-so likes Coke Zero, not Diet Coke. Let's, you know, a good host, you know, prepares a place for their guests. And that's what she did. See, after a while, Elisha started coming by. She started picking up on this. Okay, I'm Cajun for a second, so just let me let me just talk. She, I'll just pretend Elisha's Cajun for a second. She started saying he likes chicken and sausage gumbo. So when he comes by, I'm gonna kick, I'm gonna cook chicken and sausage gumbo. Hey, hey, I figured out Elisha likes crawfish etouffee. So when he comes by, I'm gonna fix him a plate of etouffee. After a while, she started to recognize before Elisha even came, and when he came through town, she said, Elisha, okay, she was already prepared to host him. She, number one, she welcomed him. Everybody say welcomed. The second thing, she asked him to come. Say asked. He, she asked him to come. Then she made space for him. 
So much so that she went to her husband and at cost out of their own pocket, they said, you know what? This man of God, when he comes to town, he eats a meal here, but then he has to go stay in that inn. And you know, I don't really like that inn and it's dingy and they don't clean it well. Let's build him a room. And you know what she did? She, they went and found a contractor and said, can you get us some blueprints and send us the bill? They paid out of their pocket to build him a room. And what they did is they made room for the activity of God in their home. Someone say this with me. She made room for him. And my, (laughs) it sounds like I'm on a roll today, but I kind of am. I'm sorry. My concern for the church in America in many places is this. If God wanted to come and move in our services, he wouldn't even have any room. If God wanted to move in many places, he would have to schedule an appointment. Because here's what I know about hosting the presence of God. And here's the link with hosting and hospitality. God comes where he's invited. God comes where he's honored. God comes where we've made space for him. God comes where we've made room for him. God comes where he's been made a priority. How many of you know the presence of God is not a side dish? It's not an add-on. It's not an extra. It is the thing. Like Israel, they would camp their tents around the presence of God. The presence of God is the thing that we build our lives around. And when we come together, the presence of God is the distinguishing factor on the life of a believer and on a church. Amen. And that may have sounded harsh, but what I mean is this, is that sometimes we get so good at doing church and we have our schedules and our programs and all that. And when I say that we don't make room for him, I mean, literally we don't make room for him. I, I, lately, I've been so grieved because, it, I've, 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 again, this is not meant to be harsh, but I've seen how long some churches do their, their church services and they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I'm thinking, is that where we're at today? We're doing express church. We're doing express lane church. We're doing Burger King, have it your way church. You know, that's indicative of is that where the honor and the priority is at. it's on me and I, and we, and it should be, we got to get back to a place where the honor and the priority is put on the King of Kings of the one who's worthy. The one who has nail prints in his hands. The one who was and is and is to come. The only one who's worthy of our worship and our adoration. No, 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 no. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I don't, I don't believe in having, in having unnecessarily long church services. We've all been in church services where we needed Moses to show up and tell the preacher, let God's people go. I'm not talking about having unnecessary. I'm not talking about even putting the pressure on every service to be long. What I'm saying though is this, not putting God in a box, not saying, God, we're going to come for this amount of minutes and this is how it's going. No, that's why I refuse. We will never do express church here. I'm just going to say it right now. We're not going to, we're not going to keep you too long or, or keep you past. We're never going to just have long churches to have long church, but we're not going to do express church either because we're going to be a church that makes room for him. God, you have room here at Inspired Church. We honor your presence. We value your presence. You have space here. You have a place. We say welcome and come. 
Someone say amen. amen. I think you catch my drift. You know my heart. And so I challenge you, we ought to make room for him in our hearts, not just on Sundays or when we feel like it. We need to make room for him in our schedules, in our homes. Someone say amen. In our marriages and in our families. I dare you to look for places and ways that you can create room in your life for God to have his way and watch what happens. And you know, when I say make room, it's kind of a paradox because the Bible says that God's presence is actually already everywhere. Did you know that? David said, where can I flee from you? Uh, Christologically speaking, Paul says, all things were made by him and through him and by and through him all things are held together. In other words, there's nowhere that God isn't already. But, someone say but. His manifest presence is manifested where he's honored and worshiped and loved and adored and received. You know what's so powerful about God? God's the only person I know that can already be there and still come. See, God can be omnipresent. He's already omnipresent. You actually can't get away from his presence. But he says, you know what? I'm here, but I'll still come. You know why? Because at any moment, he can turn up the heat. He goes, you know what? I'm already here, but I'll come. How much do you want? I'll pour out myself in this place. I'll fill this place with my manifest presence. And I don't know about you. I don't just want the omnipresence of God. I want the manifest presence of God in my life. I want to feel him walk in the room. I want to feel him walk by and I, I you know what I'm talking about and you know when he does step in the room isn't that crazy God is the only person we know who's there but will still come Woo. but here's what I've learned and I'm, I'm, I'm closing is that he is a person And I believe he looks for people who will host him well. That's why, that's why you can look across and obviously God loves all churches the same. God loves all, you know, God loves every believer. You know, they may be filled with the spirit, but why is it you can go to certain churches and the presence of God, it manifests in a tangible way. Why can you get around certain believers and you can feel the anointing on their life? You can feel that, that you, you already know, look, this person's been with Jesus. You know why? Because he's manifesting. Because that, that person has spent time. Show me a church where God's presence is manifest. And I'll show you a church that's prioritized his presence. And in that way, hospitality matters. God looks for places. He says he seeks worshipers. He's looking for people to say, you know what's so crazy? John Wimber taught us this back in the early 70s. This is before I was born. Massive vineyard revival. He taught the church how to say a simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit. He would start every meeting that way. Come Holy Spirit. You see, God is looking for people who want to host him. God is looking for people who want his presence. God is looking for people who honor his presence. And he knows the difference. He knows when he's tolerated and he knows where he's celebrated. He knows where he's honored. He knows where he's dishonored. He knows where he's valued and where he's not. And God is so gracious. He'll still show up. But trust me, he's looking for people. To show himself real to. And you want to tell you something inspired church? 
I'm not just saying this. Over the last two weeks, I felt it. We're in a season where I believe God is inviting us corporately into a season of encounter. Did you hear what I just said? You can take it or leave it, but I'm taking it. I said, I believe that God is inviting us corporately right now into a season of encounter. I believe that we are in a season of deeper worship where God is drawing us. And I do believe we will see unbelievable miracles. Someone say amen. Amen. Come on, someone say amen. amen. If I could have the worship team come. I want to show you something as I close. First Peter chapter uh, two, verse four through five. Isn't that amazing that we get to host him? I mean, you ever thought about that? Every Sunday when we gather, he's our guest of honor. You see, that's why we spend all week preparing worship. And I mean, you know, I'm, we're not just preparing a message just to prepare it. And you're not, you're not getting up on Sunday morning and preparing your heart to come here. How many know we're not doing all this to play games? Or because we don't have nothing better to do? We're doing it because we're preparing a place for him. And that's what it means to make room for him. What it means to make room for him is to literally say, God, you're honored here. We make space. What do you want to do? We value you. Come. Not only that, here, let me go a step further. If you don't come, I'm in trouble. You ever been there? God, I need you. Because without your presence, without your power, First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 5 says this. Speaking of making room. Someone say making room. And I'm closing. Peter says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. Listen to this. You also, as living stones, someone say living stones. Listen to what Peter says. You're being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This blows my mind for a second. Let me just, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes and amen, right? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means I can have encounters with God and I can have revival all by myself in my home, in my car, in my prayer closet. But here's, here's what I'll say though about corporate worship. And I, I, I want us to never look at corporate worship the same. But Peter says we're living stones. That means you're a stone, 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 you're a stone. stone. We're all stones. What happens when you get a bunch of stones together? We actually start to form a house. Let me make it plain or say it another way. We actually start to make space for God to feel. You see, God fills this room, not just because it's a room. He fills it because the living stones have assembled here today and we're the house. In other words, this, when we, when we assemble, we actually build a house, a room. Here's what's even crazier to the degree that you understand that that's to the degree that we will worship with revelation. That's, this is what I mean. 
That means that on any given Sunday, say 10, 20, or 30 people show up and they understand that. But what happens when a whole church shows up and says, you know what? I've come here on assignment today. I'm a living stone. I am part of the building that's being formed. I am actually a part of the process that's preparing a place. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. What I'm saying is this. Yeah, you can have revival all by yourself, but there's a blessing that happens when we come together because God manifests himself in a special and unique way because we actually form a place. And you know what? It's crazy. God says he's building a house and we're the house. Is it just me? That's just so, that just blows my mind. Stand with me to your feet. That's why whenever we come together, we're literally making room. Amen. When he says he inhabits the praises of his people, he means it. Would you just lift your hands with me? What I love about this story, and I want someone to receive this by faith, because I believe even in this atmosphere, miracles can be be released right now. And as a matter of fact, I feel like they are. Whenever the end of this story he says, Gehaza, go ask her what she wants. She, she doesn't make a request. Gehaza has to tell Elisha she needs a son. Right? But when Eli- Elisha says you're going to have a son, she says, don't lie to me. She doesn't have any faith for a son. But she gets the miracle anyway. Because here's why. Because she made room, she brought the activity of heaven into her space. Oh, come on, somebody. And Elijah said, you, you don't even have to have the faith right now. I'm going to speak the miracle and the miracles release because you've hosted me. Let me say something. When God shows up, he'll do miracles that you didn't even ask for. You didn't pray for. You didn't fast for. God will show up and fix things you didn't even know needed to be fixed. He'll heal things that you didn't even know needed to be healed. God will show up and do things just because you hosted him. Because when he shows up, something's got to happen. I can guarantee you this. Nothing's not going to happen. Something's going to happen. Would you just lift up your hands in this atmosphere? In a worshipful, worshipful posture, I just believe that even now, miracles are being released because I believe the Holy Spirit will will honor and respond to this word. I want to declare this over our lives and our lives as a church. Holy Spirit, this is a place where you're honored. This is a place where you're loved. This is a place where you're welcomed. So Lord, come. Come on, say that with me. Say, come Holy Spirit. We make room for you. I make room for you in my heart. I make room for you in my life and my business and my marriage. And right now, if you're watching me through the camera, or maybe you're here and you've never received the Lord, I just want you to wave at me and you want to do that right now. I see your hands. I see your hands. Wave at me. Thank you. 
And right now, if you're watching, in a few moments, they're going to put something on the screen. You can text baptism, prayer, salvation to this number, and we want to connect with you. Let's all pray this together, and I'm going to pray over us. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, wash me. Father, I need a Savior. I repent of my sin. And Father, I invite you in. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap for those who just prayed that. We celebrate what God's doing and we want to go on this with you. But before I dismiss you, lift up your hands one more time. Could you just close your eyes with me? Just as a prophetic act, I want you to take 30 seconds and say, God, this season I'm making room. Come on, can we sing that for just a second? Come on, let's just sing this before we go. Jesus, Father, I just thank you for your presence this here, God. I pray that it would not just in here, Father, but there's a, there'd be a tangible anointing, God, a tangible presence with everyone that leaves this place in this week. And then I just pray, God, for encounter and sweet time with you, God. And I thank you for miracles. I feel them today. I'm just... I'm going to be bold right now. I feel them in the room right now. There are miracles that God is bringing in this season. Listen to me. Get ready. Get ready. God is about to honor the room, the value that you have placed on him in this season. God is answering prayers in this season. I see God. I see God opening doors. I see God releasing opportunities and blessing get ready for even financial miracles i just see god doing listen to me this is what i'm hearing get ready for the unexpected get ready for the unexpected even things that you haven't even had the courage to ask for this is a season where god is coming by god is visiting and god is releasing miracles i love you so much inspired church i bless you i pray you have the blessed week you've ever had in jesus name